Welcome uh, to Good to Geek Out, Good Place to Go, to Geek Out, Good to Go. Uh, today we are discussing The Boys, episodes three and four. Got uh, four buddies with me today. Pretty excited, still introduced some characters and some concepts at this point. Um, Boys, season one, came out last year, but we're covering concepts to hopefully make you want to go back and watch it and see through different eyes. Editor, San Antonio. Jay Nightrasher, California, Los Angeles. Rob. <laughs> Rob, Bofa Fresh, San Francisco. <laughs> uh, this is Glenn in uh, Washington. Yeah. Big Greg, G Money, West Hills, go Lakers. What's good? Hey, man, I, I was G-Money, bro. Oh, you could be G-Money. Okay. All right, Big Greg, Nino Brown, West Hills. Oh, shit, CMB. CMB. All right, I guess all five of us are CMB today. Uh, <laughs> we, we all we got. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, so, yes, boys, am. season one, my brother's keeper, yes. Season one, the boys, episodes three and four. Uh we're going to not really go um, chronologically here. We're kind of talking about concepts and things that are introduced. Uh, kind of starts with Translucent's beautiful death uh, that some couldn't see and some could. And the A-Train shockwave race is another uh, thing. Um, a lot of uh, motifs, a lot of people moving forward. Uh, for example, Starlight and Huey kind of ending their own life. Starlight through her costume change. Huey through wrecking his room with all the characters from the seven. Um, Ed, yeah. I love this new Ed. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. So, so Ed, you were saying about Huey and Starlight and motifs. Oh, so, so there's some uh, transitions here. Uh, the most obvious is Huey, um, when he goes home, uh, to get his clothes that he wanted himself. He did not want them to get clothes for him. Uh, is kind of going back to his old life and the way he looks around, holds the A-Train doll, trashes his room, which is obviously symbolic of, fuck the seven, I'm going to ruin everything. And Starlight, with her new costume that she's introduced to, since her, her star is rising now as a, a member of the seven, and uh, they want to obviously change her image. She does not want to show skin. Uh, she's, trying, she's obviously a church-going person, and she ends up taking the bait and wearing the outfit, which has repercussions later in scenes, and that is very symbolic of both of them. One, purposely throwing his old life away to start a new one, and one, forcibly being made to change their old life. So a lot, a lot there to unpack. Uh, what would you guys see in that? first two episodes, I'm sorry, episodes three and four. In the points that you just brought up, I think it's a very solid points again that um, were eloquently delivered. The duality of those characters, the, um, the, the revelation of heroes being bad, uh, good people being turned to evil, the hollowness of the toys, um, the, the wreck the room was very MTV video to me. 
<laughs> and then I stopped and I thought about it. Like, I was like, this looks like a comic frame. Like the way that they're actually doing this, like this would have been drawn. And the, and the starlight aspect, I think, was, the starlight aspect was great because you end up having her compromise through her showing of the skin. You see the bigger compromise that she's getting because it's not just that she goes to church. It's not just like a casual, I go to church because I go to church. She goes to church because God willed her to be starlight. And so she has this very intense connection with that part of her life and the power set that she has. And then that's being exploited, not just by the seven, but, you know, physically. And she's learning that people literally just manufacture their, their histories. And obviously the satire that's going on there with how we treat our celebrities and, and elevate them to godhoods. It's funny though, because she could be starlight, right? And she didn't have to be, and it's funny, she was, she was posed, it was posed this way to her. Um, when she says, I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not wearing the uniform. And a girl's like, that is your prerogative, but you cannot wear the uniform outside of the seven. And then when that hit her, like, okay, they will, they will kick me out for this. Then she's got a moral dilemma and what does she choose? She chooses to stay in the seven, right? I'm fine. I'll fine. Cleavage it is, right? I'll just ask forgiveness from the Lord later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, just, but, but all, all, off of that costume, she ends up getting Huey telling her later in episode four, then just quit your job, which is technically saying don't wear the outfit, right? Just get out of there. This is the job you were complaining about in episode two. And then also right. that scene where that little girl's like, I'm saving up to get your new costume. And right. Looks around one line. And one line like, I want, sorry, one line that I wanted to note in regards to the outfit, her religious aspect selling out on the corporate level, that that's very much a parallel of our vice president and president in this way that people's morals are ending up being compromised and the messaging that they're supposed to be getting across because of corporate capitalist influences and those corporate capitalist influences beat out god damn i mean that's 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 real that's that's basically what exactly what just happened here right she was willing to compromise her spiritual values right for a capitalistic adventure i mean really she could be she would be starlight if anybody saw her anywhere on the street right but she wouldn't be starlight as part of the seven I think it Which goes is, to show you more important. Right? I think it goes to show you how much, you know, when it comes down to your morality, how much does it really mean to you? Because, I mean, it's easy for Huey to go say, just go quit your job. But at the same time, their jobs are different. I mean, Huey worked in the sure. recording. He worked in the electronics store. And yeah, if you're blue collar, you can go, Quit your, maybe you can go quit your job and do something else, but this is a high-ranking job. You're part of seven. You're on national television. You're in media. You're in media. You're 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 a figure to everyone. You can't just quit because that comes with ramifications. So, you know, at what point does your morality? At what point do you 
it, it asks a question to, 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 to the person, to the one person. At what point does your morality, you know, mean something to you? I mean, does it mean so much that you'll quit your job, that you'll quit your high-paying job? I'm like, or is it money? It's like, hey, you know what? Forget my morality. I need this job. No, you're right. But then also on the other side, it's like if she quits, she can't be the voice for that little girl to hear. That little girl needed to hear, you know what? Save your money. That costume, I like it better. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. like, she can't be the voice to stop uh, consumer corporate America from taking over this little girl and saying, that costume is stupid. The one I'm wearing is stupid. The one you're wearing is the one I like. It's my original, save your money for something else. You know what I mean? If she leaves this um, conglomerate, there is no voice for that. And I think she kind of realizes that too. It's not just I'm getting paid and I'm famous. It's kind of like I get to be the voice that doesn't exist in the seven right now. Um, no, I think it also comes down to like, it's, it's another interesting tidbit of that scene is that like it's the death of both of their childhoods, right? Like in one way or another, you know, one of them is, is uh is it realizes that where the other one is kind of slowly coming to terms to it and with her telling that girl that she's like she's trying to preserve the innocence of her childhood while the other you know huey and and starfire or starlight they're they're you know their childhood's dead it's gone like they, it's not what they thought it was this is a lot more sinister and darker than what they initially thought so you know her, her telling her to keep that costume is kind of just like hey man just stay innocent like a little bit longer, you know, like it, it, keeping it intact, like that, that illusion intact for her. And then, to, hold on, and then to Glenn's point uh, about that illusion, you have Pop Claw on the other side where the sexuality has gone to the fullest extent, where it's been completely to the point where people are like, oh, you were in this movie? First of all, Mother's Milk, fucking introduced. Yeah. Um, but Pop Claw is this other into sexuality. And I mean, it gets extremely violent with the sex and the way that everything happens. But like I said, that's, again, we were talking about juxtapositions and the way that that's juxtaposed against Starlight and that little girl's interaction. And also Huey sheds his own uniform so he can continue on with his journey. It also, um, it also shows you how far corporate America is willing to go. It also it also exposes the religion. We're talking about the church, and um, it just shows you it just shows you the behind the scenes. I mean, this show in itself. I mean, with the scenes with the church of the collective, and you know, and how Vought will expose. I mean, certain jobs out there will do it as well. We don't know that, you know, but Vought it shows you how Vought basically is representing corporate America, and they will test your morality. So I get what, so I get your point, Ed, and what you said, as far as like, you know what, I don't want to ruin your childhood. You know, if I have to make a sacrifice for my own child, if for my own morality to protect your childhood, then I will do that. But it just shows you how far corporate America will go. I mean, it also sex sells. That's what Vaught is saying. Sex sells. So on that note, yeah. Let's just stick with the, the female presence in this because Queen Maeve is also introduced in this episode. Uh, Greg, what do you think about Queen Maeve's intro and what what uh, her dichotomy is with Homelander when we first meet her? You know, like I said, this is hard for me to talk about because I know what's happening. Next, just putting it in this little thing. I mean, her introduction to me was cool. 
I, like I said, I'm not, I didn't read the comics, so I don't have a comparison. So I'm going strictly off of the show, right? Um, and just off of the show, it's like, okay, it's cool, Queen Mog, all right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get in and see what, what that's about later. You know, Homelander is, is hella awkward around her, so I'm pretty sure he banged at some point. Um, <laughs> that's that's well, what I, I get out of it. I get what you're saying. It's, it's hella um, passive compared to Starlight. Compared to the, what we're in the middle of. You know what I mean? And she's been so, around for a while, so like Star. I'll have I'll have more to say, and actually, probably in the next the next blocks we review about Queen Mob. But yeah, that's fair fair to say. Um, Compound V is revealed in this as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that would jump something. Um, <laughs> it did get hella quiet. Anyway, Compound V. We- Compound V was really interesting. I thought it was an excellent metaphor for drugs and the imbalance that they can cause in even the greatest of heroes. Yeah, especially because it's, we know what it's going to become down the road. And it's only equated to a steroid at this point for supers. So um, just on that note, um, it's interesting because you brought, did you bring up Sammy Sosa already? I did. Yeah, I'm just saying like, you know, that whole home run derby was celebrated powered by compound v so you know how for sure they don't for do sure steroids. you know so 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 was the race Go but it's interesting I mean, introduced the concept <laughs> well it, it kind of introduced the concept of one being a junkie you know it sees that on you know a train as as well you know i mean it it kind of gave me a new meaning well not a meaning but a new revelation where it's like you know you would think that because i'm thinking this guy's like the flash and I'm like, okay, cool. He's like the Flash, man. Natural speed. But it took a turn when I see this dude is like, he's on the compound V. He's, he started off super fast, and he's taking the compound V to, to keep him in the game longer than he should be. Because like Marathon Man, they just – like other speedsters, their bodies just break down because the human body, no matter what, isn't designed. Um, for that type of speed. Yeah. For that so so in his mind, he's using Compound V not as much like Sosa and Conseco, but more like Bill Romanowski. I got to keep up with all of these black athletes, right? No, 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 okay. no, because he does train with his. You, you know what I'm talking about, Rob? I hate you guys. He does. <laughs> Why are you trying to bring the real world into this big shit? Oh, uh, that was hilarious. I'm sorry. No, but 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 I, but I think it also it also does kind of like. Like, um, like what, what those events, you know, what, what happened after those events, the home run race, Lance Armstrong, you know, all, all of that stuff, Barry Bonds, it does all of that. It, you know, we all want to believe that humans are capable of more, right? Or like these great feats. And then the introduction, like, you know, you just come to realize that they, they're just a bunch of cheaters, bro. Like, and I feel like, you know, Compound V, you know, you're like, man, that's crazy. How do these dudes come, you know, how do these superheroes or, or these super beings come, come to life here in this? you know, in this universe, and then you see it's like, oh, it's, it's just more of the same, bro. Like, people are mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just drugs. Pretty much. With all due respect, Sammy Sosa used the court back. He didn't really, you know what, still cheating. Sammy Sosa is sponsored by Clorox. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy Sosa is currently sponsored by Pepto-Bismol. That fool is straight pink right now. Yeah, sponsored by Clorox good job. and Pepto-Bismol, homie. <laughs> yeah. But I think that they do a good job in showing – as opposed to it just being roid or roid rage, Popclaw is like, this is recreational. So we're also seeing, like Night Thrasher was saying, this recreational passive use, these heroes 
who are who morals are again compromised in the way that they're supposed to be set up and of course we're so used to deconstructing our heroes and Superman sad and I have a black S on my chest and I broke Zod's neck spoiler and um <laughs> that that when we get a really great deconstruction like this it kind of it kind of it overwhelms us at the same time by its underwhelming unassumingness. Uh, to the Queen Maeve thing that Greg was talking about, I think the fact that she's not wondrous is the thing. The fact that she is downplaying, the fact that she is like, like in the comics, she's way drunk and like, you know, like there's a more hot, there's a more hostile uh, take to her. But in this, I think the fact that she's not Wonder Woman and, and Homelander's obviously not Superman. So you see the perversion of these two characters um, almost to an extreme. Um, obviously, with Batman, Black Noir being the ultimate extreme, where I don't, I don't even talk. I don't even tell people I'm the fucking Batman. I'm Did anybody else just see the ghost that flew through Night Strasher's screen? Yeah, dog, all night. It's been freaking me out. <laughs> Is that Sean? Is that Sean? At yeah. one point, he had tentacles coming out of there. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, <laughs> I just saw it flash across the screen. I'm like, what was that? That was dope. Tell Sean I said, what's up? Uh, tell him. <laughs> it, it, it's the ghost of the Clippers playoff chances. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go ahead and mute me now. Mute me now. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, hey Night Thrasher, I kid, bro. I kid, man. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. It's cool. It's all right. All right. On that, on that. Very, very adult but, um, of you. On that, no, no. Um, I, would, I would like to address Rob's uh, comment last episode about heads exploding and how interesting it is the way that they make heads explode. Uh, Pop Claw taught me a new definition of to smash. Ah, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, and then we also get the butcher backstory, which was pretty uh interesting. Is it wrong because I'm attracted to Pop Claw, man? Um, I was gonna say one more one more thing about the Compound V. Like when I first heard the Compound V, it, it kind of reminded me of one thing, and I'm just gonna for people that watch the CW shows, uh, reminded it put me in the mind. Of Velocity Nine, if if you watch the Flash, Velocity Nine is a drug that speedsters use to get more faster. But Compound V is so much more because anybody with you know anybody that's a soup that can use Compound V. They're all like you know they're they're brush strokes of a of archetypes done really well, except for Aquaman where they really t uh, uh, go in on the deep. Um, they make him so dislikable and they make him such a bad person the that when shit happens to him, you're just like, yeah, I'm okay with that. And that's good writing. That's, that's, it's funny you bring that up. Cause I was like, one of my points here is the whole deep when he realizes how uh, unmarketable, I guess he is. He starts trying to do like the ocean land thing and tries to start being a better person. But like you said, he's not a good guy. So it's him just doing very, uh, very shallow attempts at being like a, you know, uh, eco warrior. Yeah. Just being shallow. Uh, you know, that whole scene with the dolphin is just amazing. And, you know, it's, it's not quite the whale yet, but I mean, it's definitely a teaser on it. I mean, he's so much of a, of a of a perversion of Aquaman. Like he's like the opposite. Like you, Aquaman like is a caricature, this, man. This warrior. 
Aquaman is a warrior. He's 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 honorable. This guy, the deep is is a creep. There, there is there <laughs> is a reference to the fact that he's banging this dolphin, right? He's like, I'll touch your blowhole, or he says something along those lines. Like, yeah, they kind of they kind of give he does a weird something reference. sexual with these animals. I feel well, and so that goes to my other point. Oh, my other point that goes that goes to this point, which is um, the deep is horrible with people. He doesn't know how to interact with people, and things happen later on that we'll talk about that they make him as a sympathetic person of why he hates himself, and thus goes on and attacks uh, people outside of him. But again, he's so horrible to other humans, but he's so nice to all the animals. His demeanor throughout the entire thing. His demeanor changes so much whenever he meets. He, he knows my name. Mean name, mean one. Are we going to talk about the airplane scene? Oh, yeah, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. One of you. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's let's Homelander just showed me. I mean, I'll, I've already had suspicions of him as far as the whole you know perversion of Superman. Like, but this guy, he clearly showed that. All he cares about from the airplane scene, well, from what he did there, and to the aftermath with the wreckage, and he has no no morality at all. He has no, he doesn't care. He just cares about himself. He cares, he he truly showed his true colors up in there. I mean, if you didn't see his true colors, to the first I disagree. Three, he didn't leave yeah. Maeve. He doesn't care just about himself. He cares about other soups. Yeah, so he views humans as insects. So they're, they're, they're already kind of showing that he has like a God complex that he's kind of sure. embracing and kind of coming into, right? Like, you know. He does, he does say we're different. Like, we, 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 yeah. He cares about he, the ratings. The way, he, the, way he, the way he expresses like his, you know, like basically it's like Ed said, them, you know, he uses that like as a more of a derogatory term, you know, like, I mean, he doesn't. Like you know, it's super. It's a complete perversion because Superman is like a moral compass. Superman's everything that's right with the world or the U.S. or whatever, right? Whereas mm -hmm. this dude isn't. He fully embraces the God complex, or he's coming. Mm -hmm. to, seems like he's embracing it. Whereas Soup's, you know, he had, you know, the you know, well, his 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 parents to like make humanize him and keep him grounded. This dude didn't have any of that stuff, right? And like that's kind of oh, what they touch upon when like the I gotta disagree. Like, He's yearning, with, he's yearning for that with, with the whole bomb stuff, though. Like, he's yearning for that, like, that, that childhood stuff, you know, but he doesn't have what Soup's had, which is, like, a strong foundation. But if he um, One die, thing, what so, what I'll get into is there Check are them. moments in this show that blow me away in what they've done in regards to the comic book adaption. And the comic book adaption, spoiler alert, for five seconds... Um, this happens on 9-11. This is what causes, this is the 9-11 of their world. But everything happens, but no one knows that it's them that made this fucking plane go down. And so like it's uh, this extra layer of a big secret. And that's a great conspiracy story, but that would have thrown the entire thing off. So the way that they ended up doing this and really humanizing like the people clawing at them when you get back the way that he gets mad and like you're almost in your seat, like get pushed back. The acting in the scene is fucking superb, but it also highlights the ridiculousness of what we expect of these power sets. Yeah. Superman's super strong, but that, that doesn't stop the structure of the, the thing from actually falling apart because it can't take 
being held from one point. Right. And, and so the limitation that you see on the, the gods, and it's funny because Homelander with, like Night Thrash is saying, Homelander with his God complex is like, I am not God. In this scene, his limitations are right in front of him. And it's, again, one of these beautiful bits of acting. And he's like, I can't be here. Like, it's like I, I, can't, I can't go down with this. Um, and it's not limited to just his ego and his view, uh, his media presence. It's about like him. It's about his belief in him being capable of doing anything. My, my focus on this scene is not on Homelander, it's, it's Queen Ma. So if we, if we think back to first two episodes we reviewed, there's a scene right after her situation with the deep, Starlight's in the bathroom, she's trying to like compose herself, yeah. right? It was Queen Ma that walks by her, right? And it's like, hey, you know, knock that shit off, clean up, don't let him see you like that, right? And you're thinking, okay, she's got it. She's got it into control. She's been through this shit, you know what I'm saying? She, she knows what to do. Fast forward, now they're on the plane. She's now faced with a situation where she has moral dilemma, right? There's no way I should let all of these people die, right? I should do something about it. Homelander's like, fuck that. And he's like, he's giving her the, come here, come on, let's go. Let's go, let's go. And she's like, but, but all these people, and he's like, we can't be here, we can't save them. Let's go, let's save us, right? So I, I, I don't know. The scariest thing in this show is Homelander's eyes lighting up. Because when that happens, he's lost control, right? And so yeah. these people don't even understand that. They don't have our perspective and they still saw the evil. When, his, when, <laughs> when the people started approaching, he's like, get the fuck back. And his eyes light I'm up. Laser. <laughs> they, as soon as that happens, Homeboy turns around, pulls out his cell phone, calls home and is like, yeah. Tell your mama I love her. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's this is a wrap. Strotter <laughs> uh, said this in the previous uh, episode. You underestimate the power of someone who can shoot lasers out of their eyes. Like there is something about that that will make you bend to their will, even though you think you're the strongest person. You just see that, and you're like, something innate is going to be like, mm, uh, maybe I'm just not going to go for that right now. Yeah. But um, but it also kind of shows like why, like you know, the whole show. It's kind of just like there's this there's this there's this arrogance on the humans' part. It's like, yo, we got this guy under control, but they're afraid of him, right? Like, and and you kind of get a glimpse of like, yo, why are they afraid of him? like that? Because at that point, like Strider said, like even you you're taking a bag, like, fuck, dude, you know, like that that's some heavy shit. When he when he lit up those eyes in the plane, you're like, oh, I, I get it, I get and it. And it's understandable. I mean, like the, the fear is so deep is that these people are about to die, and they were afraid about getting killed. Instead of trying to die. do something else, right? Like they're about to die, you know. Like th th that's how that's how much fear and respect like this motherfucker commands, you know. Am I the only one who, at some point, you know, reading any Justice League, Man of Steel, Superman series, have said, "Damn, Superman just use your like eye lasers and destroy these motherfuckers," right? And no. I and I and, you know and I say that, but Superman uses way more restraint. So I'm more like Homelander, right? In that in that respect, I mean, the human in me. Is like I've got this ability, right? Back against the wall, I am not going to hesitate. So I'm not going to hesitate to annihilate the entire the room if I have to. Yeah, right. it's, the, it's, it's, the world, it's the world of least least resistance, though. But that's why, you know, like that's that's what makes it that, to me like that's what helps superheroes become like super, right? Like when the back's against the wall, they don't take the obvious road, right? Like, yeah, they, they find still use ways, the strength. You know, they so, find something else. 
I mean, Homelander is basically Superman Unchained. I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw this in Injustice. So, yeah, I mean, Homelander obviously is not going to show no restraints. Damn. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. I never just got that until you said that right now. We just geeked out. Yeah. um, (laughs) As as I said, this is, uh, these two episodes have introduced more people that were not introduced. We're still not at a full character roster yet. Uh, One of the main characters introduced is the character known only as the woman. The female. The female? female? They call her the woman on the show. Oh. The fe- yeah, yeah. It's the female. Uh, the female. Yeah, the, female. So the, the girl that's in the cage and gets let out. And uh, the best way I can, like, summarize who she ends up being in the show is that whole Spice Girl analogy, which was pretty cool. But, she ain't uh, no Spice Girl. No, well, Frenchie <laughs> is like, maybe she is one of the Spice Girls, and that is kind of the impetus of everything he does in episode four of trying to save her and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I just, she's not obviously like who she's going to be yet, but they're definitely foreshadowing her in this episode. And I did also like the nod to, uh, we Huey, which is what he's called in the comics. And yeah. uh, Frenchie starts calling him petite Huey, which is Frenchie stood up. The I got Homelander. a question. Though. Frenchie stood up the Homelander. Like I'm six feet tall. Why are you calling me that? Yeah, no, Frenchie stood up the Homelander in the truck when Homelander's like, Frenchie's a back. G. Yeah, Frenchie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah. Frenchie is fucking legit, dude. There's a lot of funny stuff. I'll give. But one of the funny things is, is that as Americans, we are conditioned to look at the French as weak, coward surrenderers and in uh, in um, romantic, fluffy, floof, floof, snail-eating lovers. And Frenchie is all of that hardcore. He is... He says, I'm more American than you, two mother's milk. Yeah. yeah. See? And he is. Like, he's this immigrant. Yeah. He is this immigrant who has become American and to the extreme by being himself even more. Uh, Frenchie is by far in a show filled with amazing characters. Frenchie is by far one of my favorite characters who I did not think I would enjoy as much as I. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's scenes where I'm like, you know, at first I was like, man, like his accent's really thick. He's hard to understand, but no, he really grows on you, dude. Like his compassion and his, you know, how he thinks things through. He's, he's like, yo, you look at all these other badasses, butcher, mother's milk, and you're like, and, and to a degree, you you're like, you know, they're, they're cool. But Frenchie is like, a hundred percent. If I had a crew like this, I'd want that guy there. You know, I mean, 100%. he figured out a way so legit. for him to figure out a way to kill translucent. Like yeah. the way his thinking, the what the, the way his thinking is as far as well, weapons and everything. I mean, clearly the tech guy. The only he's thing smart, I've been trying to figure he's, out. He's compa- He's compassionate. You know, it's just yeah. he is. Yeah, he's his a relationship very, with the female. Yeah. Is he a tech guy yeah, or is he yeah, the crazy yeah. bomb dude? I've been trying to figure <laughs> that out though. Both. I've been trying to figure I that out. Okay, both. I think he's both. Yeah. Again, like the motifs of heroes changing, transitioning, changing uniforms. Mother's Milk also gets out of his work uniform into his dope hip hop uniform. Um, we have uh, a, a beautiful third episode to propel us forward. And uh, I'm just, Ed's, Ed's just really set the bar high with his motif talk. I will also I, say, like, the dichotomy of the whole hero talk is the fact that Homelander constantly tells the people that you're the real heroes and then under his breath he's like fucking cocksuckers or you guys fucking suck you know what i mean so it's like he almost what you're saying 
he mocks and then it reinforces somehow the fact that everyone is truly a hero when it's kind of a sarcastic comment that could be made as well. Um, all right. On that note, closing out editor San Antonio. Can't wait for five and six. I think we're going to have a lot of different stuff to talk about on that one. Boba Fresh, Boba Fresh, Boba Fresh from San Francisco. Here's a couple for you, Ed. Boba Fresh from San Francisco, Sunny Up. Boba Fresh from San Francisco. That was totally wild. Thanks for coming and geeking out. Check Geek, geek Out, Boba underscore Fresh at Instagram. And check out, of course, the Geek Out page on Facebook. Get off that Compound V, bro. <laughs> compound V is Velocity 9. <laughs> <laughs> It's Angel does, Holmes. <laughs> well, oh, what, what was his name? Speed McGee. Speed McGee, right? The guy that had the compound V in the Flash comic? Yeah. Speed oh, McGee. I'm going to yeah. put that right here. Yeah. On the yeah, in the Flash comic. Yeah, you're right. Cracky speedster. Anyway, sorry. Close out, people. Sorry. This is Glenn from Washington. Yeah. My Thrasher, Jay from Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Big Greg. G-Money, Nino Black, West Hills, California, signing out. Peace. I am my brother's keeper. Until next time. <laughs> we all we got. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good, <laughs> good closeout. Hey.